This week's Sicha on Parshas Chai Sara is a, a very relevant uh, talk that the Rebbe gave, uh, which also champions one of the Mifzayim, uh, one of the uh, fundamental campaigns that the Rebbe initiated. And that is that uh, we encourage every single Jewish girl from the age of three or really from the age of Chinuch, um, that's once she is able to understand the value of lighting Shabbos candles, to encourage every girl to light Shabbos candles. And he brings this out in a very fascinating way from a Rashi uh, commentary on a Pasuk, on a verse in this week's Torah portion. So in this week's uh, parasha, we have um, the, the, uh, the servant of Avraham Avinu, Eliezer, goes to find a wife for his son Yitzchak. Um, he, Eliezer goes to find a wife for the son of Avram, which is Yitzchak. And he ends up finding Rivka, who would become the second of our matriarchs. And the Torah tells us that he brings her, Rivka, back to Yitzchak. And the Torah says, Yitzchak, And Yitzchak brought her ha'ohela, Sarah Imai, to the tent, Sarah his mother. That would be the literal translation. And Rashi comments on this verse, and then it says that he took her for a wife. After he brought her into the tent of Sarah, his mother, he took her for a wife. And Rashi comments on this on these words by uh, on the words the tent Sarah, his mother. And he Rashi says she was Sarah, his mother. That the verse is trying to tell us that she Rivka was Sarah. What does that mean that Rivka was Sarah? In other words, that she was very similar to his mother Sarah. Because whenever, um, as long as Sarah was living, whenever she lit Shabbos candles, they would stay lit from one era of Shabbos to another era of Shabbos, from, um, from Friday afternoon of one Shabbos, and they would, they would stay lit until the whole next week when she would have to light again. And Baracha Matsuya Isa, she had her mother, his mother Sarah, um, her dough was blessed. Which can simply mean that the, uh, the, the her, her, when she baked challah every Friday uh, for Shabbos, it, the, the dough always um, worked out very well. And for those who bake, they know that it's not an easy uh, matter to ensure that your challah and the blend of the water and the flour and the yeast always works out um, in, in a good way. And that the va'anan kashra oil, and that the, there was a cloud that hovered over the tent of his mother. When she passed away, when Sarah passed away, all three of these miracles stopped. When Rivka came, they returned. And then Rashi concludes, and we know this because Rashi, we have a um, we have Rashi's handwriting of this Rashi. So he writes right at the end of this Rashi, Bereshis Rabbah, that the source of all of this is from the Medrash Rabbah on Bereshis, which is known as Bereshis Rabbah. So um, the question is, Rashi gives us this whole uh, explanation about three miracles that happened when the, uh, that occurred when his mother, when Yitzchak's mother Sarah was living, and they stopped and they returned when Rivka came. Rashi, we know, is focused on teaching us Pshuta Yishal Mikra, the simple meaning of the pasuk. Um, now, where does all of this come into the simple meaning of the pasuk? It sounds like a whole elaborate, elaborate explanation that really is in no way indicated in the verse. So um, some explain that by the fact that the uh, verse says, they use the word before Sarah Imai, 
If it was trying to tell us that Yitzchak brought Rivka into his mother Sarah's tent, it, w- it could have simply said and should have simply said, L'oyel Sarah imay, to the tent of his mother Sarah. But instead it says, Ha'oyela, to the tent. And then it says, Sarah imay, Sarah his mother. Almost like two words that don't, even, don't really blend into the verse. To the tent, Sarah his mother. So Rashi comes to tell us to the tent, that this was a unique tent, and, and when it says Sarah his mother, it means that Rivka was like Sarah his mother. Now, if this, in fact, is the case, which would be the classic way to understand um, how Rashi is trying to explain an unusually uh, styled um, Hebrew of this verse, which really does not flow or bl- uh, flow well at all. So that's why Rashi gives this elaborate explanation. Why in the Debra Hamaschal, which are the, the, the words that Rashi quotes, from the verse upon which he gives the explanation that's known as the Debra Hamaschal, which uh, Rashi is very precise about as well, why does he include the word Ima, um, his mother? Though that word in and of itself is not what is so striking over here that needs explanation. Number two, why does he spell out the detail of all the miracles? He could have just said that the miracles that occurred um, when his mother was living returned with Rivka. For what reason does the verse compel Rashi to say, spell out these three miracles? And how do we, um, how, how do we see in the verse these three particular miracles as well? Um, if they're not indicated in the verse, Rashi, in his, in his general approach of explaining the verse, would not mention them. Now, one can say that perhaps Rashi was simply quoting the Medrash Rabbah. When you quote the Medrash Rabbah, you quote what the Medrash Rabbah says. He was quoting that. If he was just quoting the Medrash, the Medrash actually um, adds a fourth element that made Sarah's tent unique, and that was Dalsis Psucha Leravacha, that she had her doors open in a, in a very uh, broad way for, for, for wayfarers who were, who were passing by. And, and Rashi doesn't mention that. Why doesn't Rashi mention that if he's just quoting the Medrash? And also, if he's just quoting the Medrash, why does he list the, the order? of the miracles in a different order than the Medrash mentions them. Rashi first mentions um, the, the, the candle, then the blessing of the dough, and then the, and then the cloud. And the Medrash actually uh, mentions them in, in the reverse order. So if Rashi is just quoting the Medrash, he would just quote the Medrash as the Medrash says it. So clearly Rashi is up to something more over here. And, and, and lastly, Rashi, in general, Rashi does not, when Rashi um, quotes, it, it teaches an explanation on a Pasuk, on a verse. And, the, and, and he's explaining this explanation of the verse because he says this is, you can see this rooted in the words of the verse. Then even though this teaching may be mentioned in the Medrash, Rashi will not quote the source of the Medrash. Why? Because Rashi says this is rooted really in the verse. It's not, I'm not giving this teaching to you because the measure says it, to share with you what the measure says. I'm sharing with you how this actually is the meaning of the verse um, when a person studies it. However, there are times when Rashi says a, an additional explanation which is not entirely rooted in the verse for certain reasons. In such an instance, if it's a medrash, Rashi will then quote the medrash because it's not fully rooted in the verse. It's rooted partially in the medrash, so therefore he would quote the medrash. So the question is, if the whole explanation he gives over here of the miracles is rooted in the verse, why mention the Medrash? As Rashi does, he says that this is from the Medrash Rabbah. 
And if it's if um, what Rashi is telling us is not rooted in the simple meaning of the verse, Shutishalmikra, then um, he should say, Rabbi Seinudarsho, our sages, expound to indicate that this is not the simple meaning of the verse. I'm giving you another explanation for some reason. But Rashi doesn't do that. So from all of this, we can glean that actually everything Rashi says here tells us, and the reason why he picks out these specific three miracles is all because it actually is rooted in the verse. And the Rebbe, in, 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 in his uh, very unique style and deep uh, insight, demonstrates all of this to us. So he says like this. Um, the Rebbe explains that Rashi has a question on all three of these words, Ha'ayala Sara Imai. Rashi simply, the, the Pasuk, from a child's standpoint, and Rashi, again, is always speaking on the, uh, on the level of a five-year-old child who's studying the verse and simply understanding what it's saying, and that's who he's trying to explain this to. He, simply, the verse should have said, by Yiviyeha Yitzchak, Yitzchak brought her, or took her in, and he became to her a wife. That means he took her as a wife. But instead, Rashi says, First, Yitzchak brings her to the tent, Sarah, his mother. And then, and then it says, that he was to her for a wife. And that's very strange. So the reason why it, it, the, the verse first says, Yitzchak brought her, is that these three words are are are, are sharing something, um, which are very significant before Yitzchak actually marries her, and what's telling us is this, that even though Eliezer comes with Rivka, he brings this um, uh, this girl with her to marry Yitzchak, and he jumps off of the camel and he comes running over to Yitzchak and he tells Yitzchak all of the fascinating miracles, and there were a bunch of fascinating miracles that we read in the parsha that make it very, very clear that Rivka is meant uh, uh, to marry Yitzchak and that God orchestrated all of this. Firstly, um, Eliezer shares with Yitzchak, I had kfitzas haderach, meaning that the, the length of time it normally takes a person to travel to where Rivka's family lived took me um, much less time. I only got there in a few hours. Um, so that was a miracle number. And miracle number two, when I got to the well where I waited, to see if I can meet a girl, I, I prayed to Hashem, and I, and, and I told Hashem, I gave Hashem a sign that the girl who conducts herself this way, this would be the girl, and immediately Rivka arrives, and she fulfills this sign. And th- there were numerous other things that were very clear, explicit indications that Rivka was sent by Hashem to Eliezer to bring to Yitzchak. But despite all of these miracles, Yitzchak still was not sold on this match yet. Why not? He wanted to confirm first that Rivka was in fact a girl who lived up to his mother's level of righteousness. That was his indicator of knowing that, this, that she was the right girl. And by the by these three words, the Torah tells us, Yisak brought her to the tent, the tent, Sarah his mother. This is, um, this is where he was able to discover that Rivka was, in fact, um, on the same level of righteousness as his mother. Because um, he saw even greater miracles than all the miracles that, Yitz, that, that Eliezer, the servant of his father, 
told them occurred in finding Rivka. And, and each one of these three words reflects a different of three miracles, namely the ones that Rashi mentions that we already discussed. So the word ha'ohela, the, so in Hebrew, when you have a, a word that begins with the letter he as a prefix, so if you have the letter he as a prefix to the letter ha'ohela, so the ohela means her tent. Ha'ohela means the tent. And, and it's like the as in the, the one, the one. You know, the tent. It, it, it gives a special emphasis on the unique one. So when it says Ha'ela with the hey Hayedia, the hey that tells us that this is a unique tent, it's telling us what is, you, what, what, what is it indicating? That there was something unique about Sarah's tent. What was unique about Sarah's tent? It was the only tent that had a cloud hovering over it. What was the cloud hovering over it? That was, that was a representation of the divine presence of the Shekhinah on the tent. So it says Ha'ela, the tent. That suddenly, when Rivka came, it was Ha'ila again. It was the unique tent. That means that the cloud of Hashem, a cloud representing the presence of Hashem, began to hover over the tent again. And in fact, we know that in last week's Torah portion, when, when Avram took his son Yitzchak, um, who's now uh, getting married, um, to be brought up as a sacrifice uh, before God, as God commanded him to do, um, it says, Vayar es that when they were traveling to the mountain where he was going to bring up as a sacrifice, which was Mount Moriah, Haramaria, it says he saw es hamakoim, the place, the place. Again, he uses the word heyayidiyah before it says, it doesn't say that he saw um, the places, he, it says he saw the hamakoim. And what, is, uh, what are we taught? That he knew it was that mountain that he was supposed to bring um, uh, Yitzchak up as a sacrifice on because there was a cloud hovering over it. There was the presence of the Shekhinah, the divine presence there. So, 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 the ver- so the one word, the first of the three words that Rashi quotes when he gives his commentary is Ha'ayala, the tent. And what made it the tent? This miracle that there was a divine presence that hovered over it. The second word is Sarah. Now, what was unique? What does this word Sarah indicate? Another one of the three miracles. We know that when Avram, in last week's Torah portion, was visited by three men, which were really three angels, we know that he, 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 um, Avram excelled in hachnas azarchim, and that is um, um, in, um, hosting guests. And so immediately he ran around to prepare food for them. The Torah elaborates on the details of the food that he prepared. Um, there's one thing, though, that we find very unusual. When it came to preparing the bread, the Torah says he went into the tent to tell Sarah to prepare bread for them. If Avram was going to slaughter animals and prepare meat and mustard and all the different things that he prepared, and um, why didn't he also prepare the bread? Why for that did he go to Sarah? Ah, because, because, we, because as we just explained, bracha metsuya bi'isa, that there was a blessing found in the dough of Sarah. Sarah's dough was blessed. It was a very unique bread, and it was blessed. And that was unique to Sarah. So therefore, he had to go to Sarah to make sure that they would, that they would have good bread for the guests. So we know that Sarah is directly identified with this miracle of being blessed with, with um, excellent dough every time she, she made uh, bread. And so this indicates, the word Sarah is an indication of the miracle of the fact that her bread was always blessed. And the third word, Imai, his mother, um, is also mentioned in the verse, because we know that if you ask any child, what special mitzvah does your mother do? Every child knows that the unique mitzvah that their mother does is lighting Shabbos candles. That's a, a mitzvah that stands out um, uh, for women. 
So that, that is an indication of the unique mitzvah, a miracle, of the fact that she lit Shabbos candles, that they would stay lit from one, from before, just prior to the, that Shabbos, until just prior to the next Shabbos, when she would have to light candles again. So now that it says, which are three words, each word indicating one of these three miracles, we understand why Rashi did not quote the fourth statement that the Midrash says, that uh, that uh, uh, that her doors were uh, open um, because it's not alluded to, alluded to in the verse, and Rashi's here to explain to us what the verse is saying. So therefore, he doesn't quote that part of the Medrash. And the reason why he quotes Medrash Rabbah, even though we, as we explained, Rashi doesn't quote a source when the uh, when the explanation he's giving is rooted in the very words of the verse is because there is one element to what he shares, which is not rooted in the verse. We don't find it rooted in the verse. And that is that while it says Ima, his mother, that we know that his mother lit Shabbos candles, there's, the verse doesn't directly indicate that the, that the candles last, lasted from one week to another. So for that, we need to rely on the explanation of the Medrash. So therefore, Rashi quotes Medrash Rabbah. So now we understand why Rashi brings this elaborate explanation, because he says this is actually what the verse is indicating. And not only is this what the verse is indicating, it actually explains to us why these words are written in, in the first place. Because without these words, Yitzchak would never have married Rivka. Because with all of the miracles that happened with Eliezer, that wasn't enough for him. He needed to see the righteousness of Rivka. And the righteousness was expressed through these three miracles, which all returned when he brought her into her mother's tent. So once he brought her into her mother's tent, and he saw that the cloud came back, and he saw that she lit candles and they stayed lit um, for much longer than just the normal hours that a candle would stay lit. And he saw when she made the challah, that the challah was, was blessed. So then he knew her righteousness, only then was he ready to marry her. So the question then is, why does Rashi use an order that's not aligned with the Pasuk, with the verse? You see, the verse, the three words in the verse that indicate to the three miracles are the tent, which refers to the cloud. And then you have the um, Sarah, which refers to the dough. And then you have Ima, his mother, which refers to the candles. Rashi, actually, when he lists the miracles, he lists it in the exact reverse order. He first mentions candles. Then he mentions the dough, and then he mentions the, the, the cloud. So why, in fact, does Rashi change the order if he's, in fact, explaining um, the, 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 the words? Um, and that is because since these three miracles led to Yitzchak recognizing the righteousness of, of, of Rivka and marrying her, so um, therefore he listed the miracles each in the way that they, um, on the level of their indication of her righteousness. So he, so he first mentions candles, because candles, the, the miracle of the candles lasting from one week to another is, a, is, a, um, is that the candles are a mitzvah. It's a mitzvah to light the, for a woman to light Shabbos candles. Um, and it brings out her righteousness in the act of a mitzvah. That in the act of a mitzvah, we see her righteousness and that something miraculous occurred within the mitzvah that she did. The, 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 um, the making dough or bread is not necessarily associated with a mitzvah. It's not necessarily associated with a mitzvah. Um, and therefore, um, it shows a righteousness in that her, her dough is always blessed, but it wasn't through a mitzvah. So therefore... It's a step away from righteousness in, in, in the fact that although it's something amazing and, and, and unnatural, supernatural that happened, but it's still not something that's associated with something divine. 
And then the fact that a cloud came on top of the on top of the tent has nothing to do with the mitzvah. It's just a, 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 a an indicator from God that God's presence is here. And it's not even an effort, uh, uh, it's not an act of her doing. The dough, at least she made, it was an act of her doing, even though it wasn't an act of mitzvah. But the cloud was, was not even attached to her actions. So therefore, he, 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 um, Rashi wants to mention them in the order of bringing out first the highest level, bringing out the righteousness, to indicate that it was this that Yitzchok was waiting to see before he decided to marry her. And so then the, the Rebbe from this um, demonstrates a few things. He says, we see an amazing thing here from Rashi. An amazing thing. That Rivka lit candles, number one, before she was married. So many people, they have a custom that they start lighting Shabbos candles once they get married. The Rebbe is, trying to, is, de- the Rebbe is demonstrating from here that in fact we see that Rivka, our matriarch, was lighting Shabbos candles before she was married because it was only after Yitzchak saw that she lit Shabbos candles and the miracle of the candles lasting that he married her, took her for a wife. So clearly she was lighting before she was married. Number two, we know, um, as strange as this uh, sounds, that um, Rivka was three years old at that time. That means she was not yet obligated in mitzvahs. Of course, a girl's not obligated to do mitzvahs until she's a bas mitzvah, which would be when she's 12 years old. Um, and this was, and this also, um, Yitzchak used as the primary sign to confirm that she's like his mother. Meaning her lighting candles at the age of three before she's obligated to mitzvahs. Um, and the miracle that, that occurred with it. So and we and we're not talking about a situation where there was a home that didn't have anyone to light candles. So then maybe you maybe then one would say, oh, then you, you have to you have to have candles lit for Shabbos. So if you don't have a woman who's obligated, you can have a girl light. That wasn't the case because we know um, that Avram followed every mitzvah in the Torah, and as the Gemara tells us, that he even followed the Talmud tells us that he even followed the mitzvahs the Rabbanan, the rabbinic mitzvahs. He knew all of this um, um, through. Um, a Ruach HaKodesh, divine, uh, you know, um, uh, divine knowing. And that's how he fulfilled all the mitzvahs, even he, though he wasn't commanded to do them by God, but he followed all of them. And so surely he lit Shabbos candles, because we know that if, there, if, if, a, if there's no woman in the house, then the man lights Shabbos candles. So the tent had candles for Shabbos. Sarah did, um, Rivka didn't need to light because there was a lack of candles. So then why did she light? She lit because she would light candles every single Friday before Shabbos from, at the age of three years old already. And so this is a clear directive that the Torah is giving us then. And that Rashi is giving us, teaching us what the Torah is saying. That not only benois mitzvah, that means girls who are already bas mitzvah, um, before marriage, not only should girls light candles, but not only girls who are already bas mitzvah are obligated mitzvahs, but even a three-year-old girl, once she understands, she reached the age of chinuch, of education, meaning that she already has the ability to understand the value of this mitzvah. Um, even though her mother's home, and her mother has an obligation to, to, to light Shabbos candles. So her mother lights Shabbos candles already. Still a girl stands beside her and lights her own candles. That's what we learned from Rivka. Which, which indicates that, um, that, that it would seem that Sarah did the same. So although Rivka, now one may say, but Rivka, you know, she was three years old, but she was in a very advanced um, girl um, who was a bas das. That means she had a very advanced um, understanding at a very young age. She was an exceptional, exceptional, um, unique person. So maybe that's only for her. Uh, the answer is that the bottom line is in the Torah. 
no matter how advanced a girl may be or or a boy may be, one is not obligated in mitzvahs until they reach a girl reaches the age of twelve, and the boy he reaches the age of thirteen. It makes a difference what a prodigy they may be. So she still was not obligated in, in, in the mitzvah, and yet she fulfilled the mitzvah. So we we have a very clear directive here, and and and, and which is the reason why the Rebbe championed the and we'll learn understand even more why the Rebbe championed the great, great importance of a girl lighting a Shabbos candles even when she's just at the, uh, the, the once, once she has reached the age of, uh, of understanding. And there's another amazing thing that we learn uh, from this story, that we know that Avram was blessed with everything. God blessed Avram with everything. That's what the Torah tells us. That means Hashem blessed him in every area of life. However, with all of his blessings, his candles did not stay lit from one week to the next. And this demonstrates something to us. The power of a three-year-old girl who is called, every Jewish girl is called Abbas, Sarah, Rivka, Rachel, and Leah, the daughter of uh, our four matriarchs, Sarah, Rivka, Rachel, and Leah. Um, and it teaches us that while there was a miracle that occurred with Sarah and Rivka, in that when they lit Shabbos candles on Erev Shabbos, those Shabbos candles stayed lit physically through the whole week. And while when we, uh, when our daughters light Shabbos candles, uh, they don't stay physically lit through the whole week, but the power of their mitzvah still brings the inner light, spiritual light of those candles, of that mitzvah, into the home for the entire week. That means the entire week has a spiritual illumination for the whole week because we know that that every action of our forefathers, of our patriarchs and matriarchs were all to set a precedent and to initiate a path for their offspring. So therefore, when something occurred with them, while it may not occur in the very explicit, miraculous way um, for us, as it did for them, but in the spirit, in the spirit of it, in the pnimis, the inner element of what occurred, that does occur, which means that when a girl, a three-year-old girl lights Shabbos candles in a home, it brings the Spirit of God into that home to be there for the entire week in a way that otherwise wouldn't be in that home. There's another amazing thing the Rebbe brings out, that specifically the candles of, of girls who are under Bas Mitzvah have a very special impact. Why is that so? Because we know that the Hevel Tinoiki Shel Beis Rabban, the Torah tells, the Talmud tells us that when children study Torah, that upholds the world. Why the study of, of, of children upholds the world, uh, the world, and not the study of adults? Because children, they are still pure because they have no sins. So, so therefore, because they're pure, their Torah study has a unique value. And likewise, the same thing with the action of girls. That when a girl does a mitzvah of lighting Shabbos candles, the purity of the presence of God, of the illumination, the divine light that she brings into the home is even more pure than the adults because a, a, a girl is still young and innocent. Um, so the, the, now the reason why women and girls have this ability to illuminate a home through the entire week, why was it that Sarah had this ability but Avram didn't? Avram was a great man. Why did Avram not have this ability to that when he lit Shabbos candles, it, went, it lasts from week to week? Because in general, we know that the Talmud tells us that a man brings home wheat. That's a, that's a, um, that's a, 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 a representation of the fact that um, in general, the Talmud says like this, that a man brings home wheat and a woman transforms it into edible food. 
meaning that she grinds it and she turns it into dough and she bakes it and now you have and now you have something to eat because the nature of a man is to capture is to conquer is to uh, is to um, be able to uh, to achieve something outside of the home bring it in and bring it into the home the nature of a woman is called kvuda basmelech panima that the 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 unique um, um, the unique contribution of a woman is within. That means that she takes the things that her husband conquers from outside the home and brings them into the home, and she then remakes them to be fit for a man, which is an example would be the wheat, that the man works in the field and he grows wheat and he brings it home, but it's still in a raw state. And the woman comes and she works with it to, to turn it into something which is actually useful, basically cultivates it and nurtures it until it's uh it's something that's uh that's fit for man not only fit for a man but we know that just like there's adam there's man there's adam there's adam hellion there's the divine man god is referred to sometimes as man sometimes as man so a woman also has the unique ability to take some uh, something material that her husband brings home which can be uh financial assets or, or other things and to use them in a divine manner that actually is now fit for almighty god so Avraham brought home, so to speak, the physical light. But Sarah transformed it to be into to, to turn it into a source of divine illumination for the house. And that's why, while well, Avraham brought home the, 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 the actual light, to bring turning that into an illumination of divinity in the home, that was something that was a unique gift of Sarah. And this explains now on a more on a deeper level. Um, as we as we refer to it as uh, according to Pnimius in Yanim, the, the the inner uh, teachings of the Torah, why um, Rashi used this unique order um, of um, which does not follow the words of the of the pasuk where he says first candles and then the dough and then the uh, the cloud, because they correspond to the three unique mitzvahs of women. We know that women have three unique mitzvahs, which are referred to through the acronym of the name Chana. Ches stands for Chala. That the unique mitzvah of, of of when a person makes bread, they they take off a piece of challah, which is in the time biblical times given to a coin, and today we burn it. Um, the mitzvah of nida, and that is a mitzvah of of of, of a woman observing her menstrual cycle and and, and going to the mikvah um, at the appropriate time. And then the third mitzvah is the hay is hadlakas haneris, which is lighting Shabbos candles. So Rashi followed the order of. Um, of, uh, of, of, a, of a woman's um, of a woman's development of a girl's development that the first and, and again emphasize this again brings out how Rashi is teaching us that the Torah is teaching us the importance of a girl starting to light candles at the, young, at, at the earliest stage that she can once she understands the mitzvah because first Rashi mentions the mitzvah of, of a woman which is lighting candles because once a girl it reaches the age of education of understanding which can be as uh, the age of three um, she already has the, the mitzvah lighting Shabbos candles. Then he mentions the mitzvah of challah, of dough. Because once a girl grows up a little bit more and she starts helping out in the house, and she starts helping out with the baking and the cooking, then she, has, she starts observing the mitzvah of challah. And then is, once, she, once a, 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 a girl gets married, that's when she begins to observe the mitzvah of nida, um, um, w- once she's married. So, so, so therefore, Rashi follows... Um, this order of uh, first mentioning the candles, then, then mentioning the challah, and only then does he um, um, does he mention um, the cloud representing um, the nida. And this great merit 
uh, this of, of us encouraging girls, as the Rebbe strongly encouraged that we do, that we should encourage every single girl from the from the very young age to begin lighting Shabbos candles. In this merit, as the Talmud tells us, that um, when we fulfill the mitzvah of the Neir Shabbos, ani we should we should merit then, as the Talmud says, ani mar lechem that Hashem will show us the lights of Zion, which is uh, going to of course occur um, with the lights of the Beis Hamikdash, with the coming of Mashiach.